Well, hey guys, my name is Brian. I'm the lead pastor here at Norland Hill. So glad to have you. Hey, if you are new, just so glad to have you. Can we just show some love to all of the new folks here for the new year? Maybe you're here for Christmas. Maybe it's your first time today. Just so glad to have you guys here. And um, I just want to take a moment before we dig into the message, guys. We, we have to take a second just to celebrate. This past week, we officially launched Hills Academy. We had kids in this building, teachers in place. You guys, I, we can't let this moment pass by right here. It was just May of 2022 when we came together as a church and said, would it even be possible for us to make a massive investment in the next generation? It was just an idea, everybody. And can I just tell you the truth? John and I had no idea what to do. Just, just so you guys know, we had no plan. We were just like, hey, do you guys want to do this? All right, it was a little irresponsible on some level. But that's what faith feels like sometimes. And church, you responded. We just put our hands in. We said, all right, let's see what God might do. Let's trust that he's going to make a way. And he provided the director and the teachers. And we have enrollment happening. And guys, we, our, this dream is a reality. It is happening right now in our midst. Guys, you're standing in a miracle. This really was a miracle of God with the economy the way it is, with hiring the way it is. So we just need to take a moment and just recognize the faithfulness and goodness of our God to this church. So can we just praise God one more time? Thank you so much, Lord, for your faithfulness. Just unbelievable. And I know um, some of you guys might be wondering, okay, well, are we just kind of like this now, Brian? Are we all good? Are we done? I want you to know, like some people are asking, well, what else is coming with outside and inside? And we have plans. We want to continue to do updates, renovations. All those things are in place. But the focus right now is we want to set this thing up for the long haul. Get it, get it sustainable, get it strong. And there's this crazy tension you're always living in of like, you don't want to hire too many teachers until you have enough kids. Then you have too many kids and you don't have enough teachers. So you're living in that balance. So we're on that journey. But we are so well positioned for an exciting future for this school and what it can become. And guys, just it's going to be incredible to see what God continues to do. So we'll keep the updates coming. For every single one of you that have prayed for this, for the many of you that made financial sacrifices to make this happen, I just want you to be affirmed right today. God honored your faithfulness and your sacrifices. And there are kids right now who are going to have legacies transformed, who are going to walk into the purposes of God because of your deposit in their lives. So thank you so much to everybody for that. Seriously, we're so grateful. Um, just one other comment I want to make, guys. I just, I wanted to take this opportunity myself. Um, it was actually right around this time last year when I actually stepped on and joined the Northern Hill staff here as the pastor. And I just wanted to take a moment and let you guys know, I don't think pastors do this often enough. I want to thank you guys so much for this last year. Um, this has been one of the best years of life and ministry for Nicole and I. We love this church. Like, like this church really is family for us. You guys, you know, there's a lot of pastors that don't like their churches. And we love this place. We love raising our kids here. We love the relationships. We love the community. And I just wanted to take a moment and just let you know it is such a privilege for me to be able to serve this community in this way. And I just want to give a special thanks to John and Garrett and Chuck and Mike, just the guys who really were the key pieces for bringing me on the team. And, and our staff, guys, staff, you all went on this journey together and, and really were faithful and trusting just God and all this. And, and church, I just got to thank many of you. Some of you guys are longtime Northern Hills folk. You've been here decades maybe even. And you stuck around, you're saying, we're going to be stay faithful as community, even in transition. And, and you were faithful. And then many of you, you even maybe jumped on the last year. You're like, all right, I'll get on the bandwagon with Brian here and just uh, see where this thing goes. And just for you guys to take that step of faith and be a part of this family, it means a lot. So I just want to make you guys one guarantee, okay, as a pastor of this church. I can guarantee you, I am going to say stupid things from this stage. I'm going to shove my foot in my mouth. I'm going to lay many goose eggs, and those are bad sermons in the church world, okay? That's what we call them. 
goose eggs. I'm going to do that. I am not going to live up to every single expectation. I'm going to fall short of my own hopes many times, okay? I'm very human. But I want to make a commitment to you guys that I'm going to do everything in my power as the pastor of this church to seek God for you, to pray for you, to really take that responsibility seriously for pastoring and shepherding this amazing family called Northern Hills. I, I want to make a commitment to make my family a priority of my wife, my kids right up here to make you guys more important than this church and to love you guys even better than I could ever love anybody in here. And, um, and I, I'm going to, to the best of my ability, guys, I'm going to do everything I can to help us facilitate God's purposes coming to pass in this church, everything he wants for this community. And church, God was so faithful in 2022. Record baptisms, unbelievable generosity. We launched a school in like six months, everybody. Come on, y'all, this is crazy making right there. That's just, but it's 2023 now, guys. And I'm excited for what God has ahead too. Anybody excited to see what God might be doing here in this next year? Let's get some expectation, what God might be up to in this place. So who's ready, who's ready to hear the word today though? Who's ready to dig in? I'm, a little, I'm ready to go. Will you guys join me in prayer? Let's get ready. Lord, thank you. You have been so faithful to this church for decades. You've been so good to us. And I know there are so many stories of your goodness and faithfulness, even in individual lives in this room. So thank you, God. You are such a wonderful father. And now I pray, Lord, as we head into a new year, I pray we would see miracles this year. I pray for the supernatural, Lord. I pray for you to just amaze us with what you truly can do in a community of people that are hungry for your presence and your power and real transformation in this world. I want to continue to pray for your favor on Hills Academy, Lord. We want to send hundreds and even thousands of kids into this world, living in your purposes, changing the culture from the inside out, loving Jesus. So God, we're right now in this moment, we want to hear from your word. I pray your truth would be living and active as you say it is. Lord, let me say it exactly the way you want me to say it. In Jesus' name, let me hear it, everybody. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, I don't know if anybody else has had this experience, but I, uh, I was not fully prepared for all the things marriage would entail. Um, those chuckles are, are encouraging. Um, you don't know. You just don't know what is all going to be required of you from your spouse and the time, the commitments, and sacrifices. But there's one weird role that I didn't realize would play such a central role in my relationship with Nicole, and that is the all-important responsibility I have of being the lid remover of the jars. Like, this has become a really important role I actually have, because I know, without fail, Nicole's going to go shopping, and she'll come back, and I'll get that call to save my damsel in distress from the evil jars that are preventing her from accessing the pickles. And so I'm hitting the stuff on the, on the counter. I'm trying to get these things unscrewed. It's even hard for me sometimes. Like, we don't like these lids. They're really frustrating. It's an important role I play as a husband sometimes. But I'm going to kind of lean into a little bit of an illustration here because I don't think we like lids in anything in our lives. We don't want a lid stopping us from eating a pickle, but we also don't want any other lid stopping us from doing what we want to do. Now track with me, all right? I'm, 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 let me lean into this. Some of us in here, you paid $120 for a speeding ticket in the last year at some point, and you did that because you didn't like that lid on that speed limit sign, all right, that was telling you, you you had to slow down. Some of us in here, truly though, you're paying 18, 20% on a credit card balance because you don't like the lid of your salary, all right? You want to live beyond that lid, all right? That's not fun for you. There's some of us in here, you love not having the lid of a work schedule. You got that flexible work schedule. There's a whole movement in our culture right now 
Why clock in and out on somebody else's time when you can wake up when you want and not even have to put pants on for your job? Like, this is how you prefer that. Some of us in here, though, you really are experiencing the lids and limits of your body every day. You're reminded that you're not 23 anymore, and you woke up sore this morning, and you don't even know what you did. You literally don't even know what happened. Lids, everybody. Think about it. This has been going on since the beginning of time. Adam and Eve, they show up in this beautiful garden. God gives them everything they could ever want. He says, hey, just one lid. I got one limit for you. Just don't eat from that tree. That's it. That's it. And what do they do? They said, well, then that's the one we're going to eat from, all right? Because we don't want any lids. You don't want limits. We don't like being forced into living in a certain way, functioning in a certain way. And if somebody tries to limit our lives, we don't like it. Now, here's the thing. If we don't like having lids on our lives, why do we do it to God? Oh, it's going to be a good sermon today, everybody, all right? New year, new series. I'm so excited. We're launching a series today called Take the Lid Off. And here's where I'm going with this. We often do not even realize that we are putting lids on God's power and his presence and the potential he has for our own lives. Because this is what a lot of people think. They think, God's not doing it. He's not moving. I'm praying and nothing's happening. And you know what I think God wants to say in a lot of situations? No, here's the problem. You won't let me. You put limits on how I can operate in your life. You put a lid on me. That's what God wants to say. And so here's my hope for 2023, everybody. And this season that we're stepping into is that we would take the lid off. That we would take every limitation off of what God can do in our lives so we can experience everything he wants for us. I want us to be open up to anything that is possible in what God wants. So I want to lean into this idea today. Lids, everybody. How do we put lids on God? Why do we even put these lids on him? And then how can you take them off? if you've got some of these in your own life. So we're going to dig into a passage today that I think is fascinating. It's in Mark chapter 6. It's capturing a moment in Jesus' life. And this is just one of the most interesting passages to me. Mark 6, verse 1, look what it says. Jesus left there and went to his hometown, accompanied by his disciples. So pause here. Jesus is going back home for the first time since he's entered into this public ministry that's kind of getting him semi-famous. And sometimes we forget that Jesus actually grew up Like he had a childhood. He had teenage years. Like people knew him when he was younger. And Nazareth, this is where he grew up, is small town living, everybody. All right, this is like people who have goats and cows and the gossip train is this long because everybody knows everything in people's business. And this is what Jesus is stepping into. Verse two, when the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed. Where did this man get these things? They asked What's this wisdom that's been given him? What are these remarkable miracles he's performing? Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son? The brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon. Aren't his sisters here with us? Now, remember, these are people who knew Jesus throughout his life. And what you need to know is, early in Jesus' life, he showed no obvious signs of his divinity. This only came later when he stepped into his public ministry. So they know Jesus as the carpenter. It's like, hold up. This is a dude who built a shed in my backyard like two years ago. What's all this teaching and these miracles? Like, what is this going on? Wait, 
His family still lives in our neighborhood. Like, I took his sister to prom back in high school. This is weird. What is this guy doing? Now, you wonder, what would your response be to this? You'd think there'd be some, like, amazement and awe and excitement. But look at how they respond to Jesus. And they took offense at him. Now, think about this. They are staring God in the face. They're witnessing the most significant moment in human history up to this point. They're looking at the very person who created the universe and can heal the sick and will ultimately raise from the dead. And you know what they are? Offended. They're not excited. They're not celebrating. There's no wonder or openness. They're like, you know what, Jesus? We like it when you make chairs. That's what we like, okay? We don't like this teaching, miracle Jesus. And Jesus always has a good response to what's going on in the moment. Verse 4, Jesus said to him, A prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, in his own home. Have you ever heard that line, uh, familiarity breeds contempt? Have you heard that before? Now, it's kind of like this figure of speech for the people who know you the best appreciate you the least. To which all the married people said, Amen, Brian exactly what it is. Um, it's kind of funny, though, because sometimes no matter how successful you are or notoriety you get, the people who knew you as a kid, you're always going to be the punk kid in their eyes. Like, they just can't change that definition in their eyes. And these people, they can't see past Jesus the carpenter. They can't redefine him in their own minds. But this is the kicker. This is where I'm going at with this whole message in this series. Verse 5, talking about Jesus. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. Did you catch that? Jesus could not. Since when is Jesus not able to do something? Since when is Jesus limited in his power? Isn't this God in the flesh? Like, how can Jesus not be able to do something? Now, interestingly, Matthew's another writer in the New Testament. When he talks about the same story, he adds a little different angle to it. He says in Matthew 13, and he did not do many miracles there. Now, what I think Mark is doing here is he, he's trying to create tension. And this is what I love about the Bible. It should make you squirm sometimes. It should make you uncomfortable. And what I think Mark is pointing at is the fact that God gives us the ability to limit his work in our lives. Limit his work in our lives. Now, don't hear me wrong. He very well could override us, and sometimes God often does, but God will often let us set the limits on him. He lets us put limits on him. You actually have the ability to prevent the power By the way, if you tried coming to church last week, I apologize. We tried to let people know, all right? But you were the only one here. So, um... I brought a bottle, though. Now, let's pretend this is your life right here, right? Imagine me, two delicious liters of diabetes. Here's your life, okay? <laughs> so, just, just work with me here. This is what I think God feels about us sometimes. He looks at our life and he says, if they only knew what I had for them in their lives, like if I could just get this out of them, if they would just let me move in their life, if they only knew what could happen, I just want to do it. Should we find out what God can do? 
Should we find out what God can do in your life if you would just open yourself up to him? But seriously, like, I think God has some frustration sometimes. Like, it, they just don't understand. And you know what we do? We say, you know what, God? I kind of like this. This is clean. I don't want any funny business with anything happening here. We, who knows what's going to happen, you know, if I, if I take the lid off. And so this is what we do. Clean, sterile, under control, dead. This is our life. We put a lid on God. And sometimes it doesn't even take that big of a lid to stop all of what he wants to do in your life from coming out. And here's the thing. Jesus' hometown, they have a living encounter with Jesus himself and they put a lid on him. There was so much he could have done. There was so much he wanted to do. He would have done it. And yet, they didn't want it. They didn't believe it. And so it didn't happen. And they missed out on miracles, everybody. They missed out on the supernatural work of God. Now, here's the thing. We often read that story, you know what we think? Oh, those stupid people. If I was there, I would have been all about those miracles, all right? I would have told everybody, oh, don't worry, this is Jesus, trust me. You got to be careful when you read the Bible because we're not always the good guys, okay, everybody? We're not always on Team Jesus. And what I'm willing to bet is that most of us probably would have been on that side too if we were in that moment. And here's the thing. We have to take some self-evaluation here. Do I have any lids on God? Are you placing any limits on God's work in your life? Are you missing out on miracles? Is it possible that you are actually missing out on miracles from God himself because of the lids you've placed on your own life? Now, here's the thing. When you look at this encounter in Jesus' hometown, what you see is that it's not that God can't. It's that we don't. That, that's the reality here. We don't trust him. We don't take the step. We don't exercise the faith. We put the lid on God, and then we are the ones to miss the miracles. And this is what is so haunting about this story to me. As far as we can tell from the scriptures, Jesus never went back to his hometown again in the time he's here on earth. They put a lid on him in that moment, and the lid was never removed. He left. There was not another opportunity, everybody. And as far as we can tell, they never got to see the miracles or the opportunities God had for them. Is it possible that you have a lid? Is it possible that you're missing out on some miracles? Now let's do a little thinking here. Why would we put lids on God? Why would we even do that? Because I'm willing to bet if you're in this room, you'd say, Brian, I am a Christian. I believe in Jesus. I believe there's a God. All these things. You would say, I don't want to limit God's work in my life. Like nobody would say that. Like, yes, this is the limits I have for God. And yet it's just that dynamic we all experience. So why would we put a lid on God? Well, here's what's hard about lids in the first place. We're usually blind to them. They're completely invisible to us. These people in Jesus' hometown, they didn't even understand what they were missing. They didn't see it at all. And lids will sometimes come in different forms and shapes in our lives. So let me give a couple examples here. Some of us in here, you have a lid of control. All right? Where my everything in your life is color-coded people? 
All right, every second is scheduled. Everything is micromanaged down to the detail. Every speck of dust has to be cleaned up from the house. All the chaos has to be removed. You do everything yourself because everybody's going to do it worse, right? <laughs> this is why you do your kids' homework for them, okay? You have the best math scores out of any fourth grader in Colorado because <laughs> you're 42, all right? And a lot of times people say, well, here's the thing, Brian. I'm a planner. Yeah, okay, I'm a little bit of a perfectionist, but I just like things a certain way. And here's the reality. You're a control freak. We love you, but that's what you are. And you think you can do God's job better than he can. And so you actually squeeze God's work out of your own life. Now, some of us, we have a fear lid. There's people in here, you know what I'm talking about. Everything in your life is a potential worst-case scenario. You're always playing the what-if game. Well, what if it doesn't work out? What if they say no? What if I fail? And your entire life is controlled by these hypothetical scenarios, most of which never happen, but that doesn't stop you from stressing about them all the time, and you're always worrying. You worry about the kids, you worry about work, you worry about money, you worry about the thing you're not even supposed to worry about. That's none of your business. You're just worry, worry, worry. And what you don't realize is that your worry is preventing God's work. It's a lid. Now, there's, a, there's plenty more, but just one that comes to mind is just... um. There's lids of discouragement, too. There are seasons of life sometimes where you hit these walls and you're just like, you know what? It's been years. Nothing has changed. Like, I'm tired of getting my hopes up. You know, it's been years. This marriage hasn't changed. It just is what it is. Or life after marriage, there's, there's no way it's going to be better. It's just a struggle. I know for many people, it's prime the fertility tests have not changed for years. Nothing's happened. We've been on the adoption process for years now. And it feels like we're just spinning our wheels. And you can actually get to a place in your life where you would say, you know, I still believe in God, but it's just easier to lower my expectations than always be disappointed. It can become a lid, though. Just one more. This one that makes me nervous sometimes for people is just the lid of comfort. And for a lot of people, life actually isn't too terrible. You know, you make enough money to kind of do what you want to do, go where you want to go, take the time off you want to take off, get all the experiences. And the risk about that is that life becomes just about coasting and comfort for you. And your life is kind of just one weird blob of complacency. You're just kind of moving along from one event, one commitment, one trip, one thing, just kind of existing through life. And the thing is, is you're kind of like, you know what? Why change a good thing, though? This is working pretty well. There's not too much drama, no major crisis right now. So God, you know what? I'll let you know when I need you. But please don't interfere with what I have going on here. And you put a lid on him for what he may really want to do in your life. Here's the hard thing about lids. Sometimes they seem totally harmless. Sometimes they actually feel practical and realistic, but usually they're completely invisible to us, and yet they prevent God's work in our lives. And this is what's interesting. Jesus' response to the people in his hometown is pretty funny. Look at verse 6. He was amazed at their lack of faith. Just stop there for a minute. Okay, this is Jesus. His mind is blown. He's like, I can heal the sick. I can raise the dead. Um, I made everything that exists. But you know what's really amazing? How much these people don't believe in me. Like, they don't want any of this. 
That is just completely blows the mind of God. You can actually impress God with your lack of faith. (laughs) He's like, wow, I didn't even know that was possible. I made you and that is actually pretty impressive. How much you don't trust me. It's it's real. Now, let's pause here for a second. At this point in the message, you might be feeling like I'm just kind of like pummeling on you a little bit, you know? I'm kind of digging in a little bit. I promise I'm not picking on anybody. Because here's the reality. Every single person here and online we struggle with lids. Like this is a very real struggle. We all have this weird temptation to limit God in our lives for a variety of reasons. And I just want to hopefully help us see that this is just a human dynamic. Jesus' own followers, his closest disciples, they saw him face to face. They saw the miracles. They were witnesses to the resurrection itself. But even at one moment in Jesus' life, they get entangled with some spiritual warfare. They're actually confronting some demonic activity. This is like pretty intense next level stuff, everybody. And they try to confront it, and it doesn't work. They can't do it. It's too much for them. And then Jesus comes, and he does the Jesus thing. He fixes all of it. But really, their response is what's kind of interesting. Look at Matthew 17. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, why couldn't we drive it out? Why couldn't we handle this? Now, interesting. They recognize the lid. They realize there's a limit. But they don't understand the source of it. Now you stop here, you think of everything Jesus could have said in this moment for why they're having these issues. I mean, he could have said, well, here's the thing, guys. You've got to read your Bible more. You don't have enough Bible knowledge. You need to know your verses. Or, honestly, why didn't Jesus just say, you didn't say the right words? Come on, it's like Harry Potter. You know, you've got to say the right words to get the right thing to work to get it out. Like, there's a formula here. Actually, you know what I would have thought Jesus would say? I thought he would have just said, why did you even try in the first place? Who are you to confront demons? What, what are you even doing? Like, leave that to me. Don't even mess with that stuff. But you know what Jesus says? Because you have so little faith. Oh, it definitely was possible. Every resource you needed was available to you. There was more faith you could have exercised. But you had such a small amount, and there is a lid on your life that is preventing you from seeing the miraculous and the supernatural flow through you by my power. There's a lid. Now, I'm going to be honest with you guys. This topic is just so relevant to me. As I was going on this journey of studying for this, it became so apparent to me how many lids I even put on God myself. And honestly, it's just so convicting. One of my favorite lids, I realized, is actually that fear one. Particularly in my 20s, when I look back, I had so much anxiety about my life. And for me, I was so scared of, like, missing what I was supposed to do with my life. Like, I'd get off on, like, plan D by accident and just miss the whole thing and waste 10 or 20 years of my life. Like, it freaked me out. I just didn't want to waste time or money. And you know what makes it even worse? You get married in the middle of all that, and then you have kids. So you're like, great, I'm going to ruin my life, and then I'll ruin all these people's lives while I do it along the way. And so I just was always trying so hard to like plan and predict and do all this forecasting of, well, where are we going to be here and how do we do this and how much money will we need? And it just created this horrible cycle. Well, Nicole and I had a pretty big crossroads at one point in just our own relationship when we were trying to decide whether to move to Colorado or not. And this was a massive decision because we were like, man, what's this going to do to our careers and the cost of living out there? And we're moving way far away from family. And what does this even mean? And so we just got stuck in this cycle of kind of like the kitchen arguments, you know, and just trying to like figure it out. We actually put it on a pause and we kind of hit a stalemate. We said, all right, we got to do something different. 
we wrote each other letters. We said, let's just get all our thoughts on paper and like really share our hearts with each other. And actually, I still have these letters. And Nicole writes this letter to me. And it's everything you would expect from this amazing godly woman of faith who just trusts God with everything. Because she's like, babe, I have seen God move in our lives. He can do it. I have no doubt. Let's take the leap. He's got this. Come on, let's do it. And then she read my letter. <laughs> and you know what my letter was? An emotional vomit of like a little kid just being like, well, I don't know. And what if he does this? And me, 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 man. I don't know. What is blah, 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 blah. That was my letter. And here's the thing. I was trying to give all these potential scenarios and outcomes. And what about this? And what about that? And here's the thing. I thought, or at least I was convincing myself that, well, I'm trying to care for my family and provide and make sure everybody's cared for. But you know what it really was? Fear disguised as excessive planning. That's what it was. Now, I had a lid. Deep down, if you really looked at my heart, I did not trust God to get us where we needed to go. I felt like it was all on me to figure out the course and path for our family. And that lid actually caused a lot of pain and suffering in Nicole's and I's life. We had a very difficult season following that I see now mostly driven because of this lid I had. And actually, I think it was a lot of pain and suffering that could have been avoided. Now, God is good. He's faithful. He sometimes even works in our biggest mistakes. But I can guarantee you guys I miss miracles. I really believe I caused my family to miss miracles because of that lid. And you know what I've learned about myself and what I think is true, honestly, of all of us when it comes to this limitation of God situation? We think the lids in our lives are creating security and safety and control, and maybe they're even removing risk and danger for our lives. But you know what these lids are actually doing? Preventing the work of God. It's limiting what he can and wants to do in and through you. You have the power to put lids on God. He's given you that freedom. But I have some good news. Just as you have the power to put lids on, God has given you the power to take them off. You have everything you need to take any lid off in your life. And that's what I want to talk about now. What does it really look like to take the lid off then? How do you make sure you are really opening yourself up to the power of God? Now, let me give some examples. You'll see this pattern all through Scripture when you look for it. Matthew 9.22, there's a woman who had a 12-year-long health condition, debilitating, and she hears about Jesus. And she's like, if I can only get to this guy and touch his clothes, I bet I can be healed. Like, where she got that in her mind, I don't even know, but she just decided, I am going to find this guy and touch his clothes. And so she sneaks up, and she does it. She sneaks in this whole crowd, and in Matthew 9, 22, it says this, Jesus turned and saw her, take heart, daughter. He said, your faith has healed you. And the woman was healed at that moment. That's quite a miracle right there. Now, did anybody catch the language, though, what Jesus says to her? Your faith has healed you. Now stop. Trick question. Did her faith heal her? Nobody wants to answer. They're like, I don't, know what he, I don't know what Brian wants from me right now. Jesus, isn't that the right answer in every sermon? Think about this. God healed her, right? God healed her. Without God, she's not healed. And yet Jesus has the audacity to say, hey, you need to understand, your faith just allowed for that miracle. Do you see what Jesus is saying right now? Her faith was the catalyst for God to work powerfully in her life. 
She took the lid off of God and said, I know he can do the impossible. And she gets a miracle, everybody. She took the lid off. Now, just a few verses later, Matthew 9, 28, there's two blind guys. They want to see, understandably so. You can only imagine what they had to go through. And so they hear about Jesus and they're trying to get to him too. Verse 28, when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him and he asked them, do you believe that I'm able to do this? What's the lid? And look at their response. Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. What did he say? According to your faith. Jesus said, I am going to let you set the limits here. You get to determine the lid. Now let it be done according to your faith. And these guys said, well, if we get to set the limit, then we're taking them off. We don't want any. We want everything you have for us, Jesus. And guess what? They get sight. They see a supernatural miracle from God himself. You guys have to understand this. When you take the lid off to what God can do in your life, you are putting yourself in prime position for him to do miracles. You are positioning yourself to experience everything he wants to do. When you remove these limits, and I had this Diet Coke here earlier in the message. I know you were all sad that I didn't open it up. Now, here's the thing. Thank you, Pastor Solon. <laughs> you sure you don't want to stay for this? Okay, he's good. He, he knows what's about to come. I know I always say you guys should sit in the front row, but you might regret it this morning, okay? Um, there has to be a moment in your life when you decide, I don't want any more lids. I don't want to limit anything God can or wants to do in my life. You have to decide that at some point. I'm going to stop trying to control God, trying to force things in my life. I want what he has for me. No limits, God. And so you have that moment where you just say, okay, God, I'm doing this. I want everything that you have for me. Every single thing, no matter what it is. And God says, oh, really? You're taking the lid off. I can work with that. And you just take your life and you say, okay, God, whatever you want, I want it in my life. And you know what God does? <laughs> Who wants to see this right now? I knew you would. I'm telling you, there's a moment where you have to decide, God, I want everything. And God says, okay, according to your faith, let it be done. And God moves powerfully in your life, all right? Whoo, good, we didn't get too much of a mess, all right? What could God do if you took the lid off? What could God do in your life if you decided to remove any of the limitations? What miracles does he want to do in your life? What supernatural power 
Does he want to work in and through you if you would just take the lid off? Now, you guys... It's another way, too. It's not just with lack of faith. Jesus encounters another man later in his ministry. He's got a servant who's suffering, who's paralyzed, who's about to die. And this man is trying to find Jesus and says, hey, I need you. Can you just help me? This guy's a good dude. I want to help him. And Jesus is like, all right, I'll come along with you. Let's go do it. And the guy says, well, hold up, hold up. You're a busy man. You don't even need to be going on this trip with me. Look what the guy says to him in Matthew 8. Just say the word and my servant will be healed. Just say the word? Where'd this guy hear that from? Who, who's he to say that to Jesus? Like, why would you put Jesus in that position? How do you know, guy? And yet... Look at Jesus' response. When Jesus heard this, he was what? Amazed and said to those following him, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. Then Jesus said to the centurion, go, let it be done just as you believed it would. You set the lid, you set the limits, and his servant was healed at that moment. Miracles, everybody. The supernatural. No lids. This guy had something that got the attention of heaven. Great faith. It amazed Jesus himself. You can impress God with your faith. I mean, think about this, though. Jesus even makes a comparison. I mean, we talk about, you know, Jesus loves everybody equally. That's true, but he's pointing out a factor. He's saying this guy has something that other people he's encountered, did not have. His own disciples didn't even get this compliment. This guy's living on a different level. He said, this is a guy who took the lid off of his life. And he gets to see miracles because of it, and he even impresses God himself. I want that kind of faith. That's the faith I want. I want a faith that impresses heaven. I want a faith that causes Jesus to do a double take. It's like, man, let it be done, man. Clearly, you have taken the lid off of your life. Let it be done. I don't want to have any lids on God in my life. And you know, if you go on this faith journey long enough, you really walk with God, you start to learn something. It is so much better to live without lids. It's so much better. You start to learn, this is a God who comes through. This is a God who provides. This is a God who makes a way. This is a God who will turn heaven and earth to make a way for you if you would just trust him. You learn that as you go on this journey. And you know, it's interesting because there's a prayer that I found myself just praying more often in recent months. It's kind of become almost like a theme. When I'm going on like prayer walks and everything, I have these moments where I catch myself where I'm just praying, God, I don't want anything in my life to limit what you want to do in me or even in our own church. I don't want to have any lids. Never let me be the lid to what you want to do. Again, in my life and in our church, and actually, there's two practices that have helped me personally just loosen the lids in my life. And I think there may be two things that you might want to start working in this year. I honestly think it'll start changing just what you see as possible for what God can do. The first thing I found myself doing is I will actually just remind myself, and I'll even say it out loud to God, 
of his work throughout history. I'll just start recounting the works of God. And so I'll take moments, I'll be like, God, you split the sea to deliver people out of slavery. You defied the laws of science itself to make that happen. Not only that, you fed a nation of people for 40 years in a desert. They never missed a meal. God, you took giants down with teenage boys. You took over entire attacking armies of other nations to protect your people. Lord, you healed the sick. You took people from the dead. You rose from the dead. Like, you you defeated sin and death. There's nothing you can't do. Like, this is a God without limits. And I notice my lid just starts to get loosened a little bit when I do that. A little exercise. Just thinking of all the works of God. But you know what I do after that? I'll take some time and I'll remind myself of the work of God in my own life. And I'll just start reminding myself of all of the ways God has proven himself to me already up to this point. And I'll just say, God, I remember when there was no money for college and you showed up with a scholarship and completely changed the game in that way. That was you, God. Lord, I remember when I was unemployed in the middle of a global pandemic and somehow Nicole and I made more money in those two months than we have ever made in our entire lives. Like just mind-blowing. That's an only God thing. Lord, I remember when my daughter was given a debilitating health diagnosis. And in this very service, she was walking and laughing and talking and she is thriving today. I got a miracle from God in my daughter's life. Lord, I have seen you provide and make a way. You even guided Nicole and I here to Colorado. I'm standing here today as a testament of the faithfulness of God in my life. And when I start to do that, it just completely changes my perspective. And I realize, man, why would I put any lids on God? He has never failed me. I have a God of no lids. I have a God of no limits. I have a God who can and a God who does. That is my God. So I want to experience everything he has for my life. Now, don't hear me wrong. This doesn't mean that God's going to do every single thing you want him to in the way you want, in the timeline you want. That's not what I'm saying. I think we understand there's nuance to this. But here's the thing. This needs to be our heart, everybody. God, if there's something you don't do in my life, may it never be because I put a lid on you. If you choose not to do something, may it never be because I limited your work in my life. I don't want to have any lids. And I'm just curious, I want to ask some people today, do you want to take the lid off this year? Do you want to remove the limits of God in your life? Do you want to have a faith that amazes heaven itself? I want that for you. I want you to have that kind of life, a no-lids life. You know what I want? I want that for this church. I want us to have no lid on this church for what God can do. I want us to have such ridiculous faith that God's even like, truly, I tell you, I have not seen any church in the world like those crazy people at Northern Hills. Those are some crazy people. They're they're crazy. Like, do you see what they're asking for? Do you see what they're seeking me for? I might just actually have to do it. You know, according to their faith, I guess I said it somewhere in the Bible, so... Like, this is what I want for our church. I want us to see more miracles, everybody. I want us to take steps of faith. I want us to see the power of God moving in and through us in this world. That's what I want. Let's 
take the lid off this year. Let's see what God does. Let's not put any limits on what our God can do. This is a year to take the lid off, everybody. And we're going to get ready to sing here in just a moment. But it's just one last little encouragement. You know why you really should take the lid off in your life? You know why you should definitely do this? Because God has no lids for you. You understand that God has no limits to his love for and commitment to you? That he left heaven itself to come to this world for you? That he lived a sinless life on your behalf because he knew you had a lid of sin that you couldn't handle? And not only that, he went to a cross, was put in the ground, and he broke through the lid of death itself, everybody, to set you free from your sins so you can walk in forgiveness and grace and have a no-limits, no-lid life. God did that for you. Now, if he was willing to go that far for you, why would you put any lids on him? Why would you limit him if he has already proven himself in the most fundamental way? So for those of us who are Christians here, this is a great opportunity in a new year to really take a self-evaluation. Where am I limiting the God of work in my life? Where am I maybe preventing miracles from happening? Because I'm trying to make it happen myself. And maybe even some of us in here, maybe you're at Christmas, maybe you're coming in for the new year, maybe you're exploring Christianity. I just want to encourage you, the first lid to break through is that initial trust in Jesus. And you have an opportunity this year to say, you know what? I'm going to see if this Jesus thing is really real. If he can really move in my life and do miracles. And I want to challenge you, go on this journey with us. Maybe commit to this series at least. And I think God might surprise you with his faithfulness. And before we sing, I just want to let you guys know we have some opportunities here. These are lid-loosening opportunities coming up here in the next couple weeks. At the end of the month, we're going to be launching sprint groups. If you guys don't know what those are, we give an opportunity to connect with other people in the church, whether it's people of similar age, stage, life, all those different things, find community. And it's just a chance because we know people are busy where for a handful of weeks, you can just do life, eat some good food, and it's just a great time for the church to really be family together. And there will be so many different opportunities and different groups to choose from. So jump online. Say, you know, I want to meet some people this year. I want to make community a priority. It'll take the lids off your life. In just about a month, we're going to have a prayer and worship night, everybody, on February 5th. If you missed the first one, I'm telling you, we go ham these nights, okay? I don't know how else to describe it. We, go, we have some fun. And so I'm telling you, that night, we are going to be seeking God to take some lids off in our own church, in our lives, in this world. You do not want to miss that. Bring your kids. Make it a family experience. In the next couple weeks, we'll have our first welcome party of the year. If you have not been to one of these, this is a chance where our staff just throws a little party for people in our church. We feed you a great catered meal, we take care of your kids, and we just share the heart of what it means to be the church in today's modern age, to really be a community, to not just sit in chairs on a Sunday, but really be the church of God. It's just a fun night. If you have not been to one, maybe you're new to the church, or you just haven't signed up, get in. We still have some spaces for this one. Make it a priority. And actually, I'm going to put this little challenge out to our church. If you're part of the Northern Hills family, maybe this is the year where you take the lid off of your trust in God when it comes to your money. And you say, God, all right, I'm tired of trying to make this happen myself. Show me. Some of you have no miracles of God's work in your finances. And that might be a sign of a lid. God wants to show you what he can do. And so for our church family, maybe you say, all right, I'm going to commit myself to a greater level of generosity. I'm going to dip my toe in. I'm going to increase the percentage. I'm going to step and try this thing called the tithe and trust God with the first 10 and see if he truly can do more with 90. So you go to hills.org slash give. Make that your journey. But I'm telling you, don't put any lids on what God can do. He can do miracles. But church, let's take the lid off this year. 
Let's see what God does. Will you pray with me? Let's do it. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. God, I just want to thank you for your faithfulness to this church for decades now. I want to thank you for 2022, Lord. I want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of this incredible family and move of God called Northern Hills. Lord, we thank you for Hills Academy and just the miracles you made happen for us to now have kids in this building hearing about Jesus, getting a world-class education already from a young age. Lord, I pray for your continued favor and hand on that. Lord, we don't want any lids. I pray you forgive us for the limitations we place on you, just our lack of faith, Lord. I know this is a struggle for every single one of us. And now I pray, Lord, that you would help us take the lid off. Lord, I pray we would remove any limitations that are preventing you from working powerfully, from doing the supernatural, from bringing miracles on our behalf. I pray this would be the year, God, that you would show us what you can truly do in our lives and in the church when a group of people chooses to take the lid off of our lives. And if you're going on that faith journey right now, you realize you haven't really put your trust in Jesus, you can even do that right now. You can reach out to Jesus, say, Jesus, I'm taking my lid off right now in faith. I want to trust you. I want to believe in you. I want to walk with you. Maybe this is a rededication for the new year and you just make this commitment to God right now. Lord, I'm tired of having lids. I want everything you have for me. And Lord, I just pray right now, move in our hearts. Draw us to you. Save people, even today. And Lord, I pray we truly would be a church that takes the lid off and that you would move powerfully on our behalf. And I pray this in Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen. Thanks for tuning in to this week's message. If you would like to learn more about Northern Hills, you can go to nhills.org. You can also follow us online on Facebook, YouTube, or Instagram for more updates and events. We look forward to seeing you next week.